Welcome to the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast, where you hear the good, the bad, and the ugly of how real estate agents overcame challenges and grew their business. Check out the episode notes at crushitinre.com slash podcast. Now here's your host, Lindsay Favaza. Welcome back to the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast. I am looking at on my screen, Jen Marr. She is a realtor and broker partner at J. Philip Ferranda in New York. Welcome so much. I'm so excited to have you on here today, Jen. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're going to have a lot to talk about, I have no doubt, because (laughs) I've seen in just the last couple of years of following your career that you've really done a fantastic job. And you're a leader within your company, obviously. So I want you to take us back to the beginning. How did you get into real estate? Back in 1996, you said that you started in real estate. You made some shifts as far as commercial, residential. But take us back to those early days and how you kind of transitioned within this business. Well, to be honest with you, I was in the restaurant business and I found myself in a position of being a single mom and um, uneducated. There wasn't really much I could do. I did not go to college. I was a high school dropout and I was in this situation and I somehow was like, well, I'll get into real estate because I wanted to be able to be the best mom that I could, spend time with the baby and whatnot. And so I did and I um, actually did real estate and um, kind of catering as well for about a year and I hated catering. It was nothing like the restaurant business, literally yeah. hated it. So um, I did so well part-time that I said, okay, let me go full-time. So I did. So I came full-time probably by 1998. I was a single mom for a little while myself. And I remember, you know, you go through a time where you're like, I am going to get this done on my own. Like oh, I'm yeah. going to make it happen. So yeah. it's like, you know, a lot of people will look at it as not a good thing, but sometimes you really, it's a blessing because yeah. you really have a reset on your life. So I, I think that that's really motivating. I, it's really easy for me to like understand my why it always has been. Absolutely. So talk about the early days in real estate, how you kind of learned your way through at that time. Did you have any mentors or coaches or what kind of training were you getting? What were you doing? And then talk to me about when the market started to go down and what that transition was for you as well. Yeah. So I, there there was not a lot of like great mentors or top producing agents in my area. Um, and so I got very involved. I actually founded the Women's Council of Realtors in Putnam pretty early on and what got on the board where you had to go to National Association of Realtors. And that's where I learned that like you can make get friendships and relationships with people from other parts of the country that were doing things at a really high level, totally different than anybody's doing. Um, and that's when like that spark really got lit. So I was grateful that I got that exposure early on. And um, so, you know, John Chaplack, who is a coach in common, I met, you know, probably 15 years ago when he was just really getting started um, or maybe 10 years ago. I don't know. A long time ago. Yeah. I coached with him way back when and um, kind of really put myself more in a position of leadership all the time, which was a mistake in hindsight because I always ended up thinking I was the smartest person. It took me until a little bit later to realize, um, you know, just surround yourself by people that are doing things at a much higher level than you want to. Um, so but I did get some great exposure to uh, national uh, people, you know, 
doing. I love um, that. I love that you were like, well, there's not anyone that I really know close to me, but let me seek out yeah, other opportunities. And I did. That's and awesome. I did, you know, but then I would always just put so much on myself. That was like a track through my career. I'd be like, oh, let me run the women council of realtors. Let me do this. Let me do that. But it, it worked. It got me where I needed to be. And like I said, I didn't have a lot of formal education. So I got educated in lots of other ways. Um, and, um, and, and doing all that, like being on the board of realtors and the women's council of realtors, like you just were in a position where you knew, you know, what was going to happen before it happened. You knew trends yeah. before everybody else knew yeah. it. And you kind of were in a position where you had to know this stuff. Um, which put you at an advantage. So I would say a lot of that, you know, even though I was putting myself in a position of leadership, you were, you had access to even higher levels of leadership all the time. Absolutely. So tell me about those years and kind of take me through based on like sales and stuff like that, kind of how your career has progressed. Okay. So yeah, I've had, I've had an interesting career. Um, I was an independent broker years ago. Um, and, um, I've been like with Remax. Um, I was with another independent company prior to, uh, Jay Phillip. And, um, so I did, you know, pretty well. I was one of the top producing in my areas, you know, somewhere around 10 to 15 million. That's like kind of the max out. Now it's higher than it used to be back then. Um, price point back then was probably about 200,000. And um, the median price point or average price point. And so when the market crashed is when I really grew. So um, when the market crashed, I actually owned my own brokerage at that point. And I was like, oh, okay. Now what? <laughs> this is and, what we're dealing with. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had gotten very involved actually also in leadership in my community. I founded the Button County Business Council. was very involved with the local chamber of commerce and my sphere um, that really I worked my book of business from was elected officials and business owners and they weren't going anywhere. Their house wasn't worth anything. <laughs> so they weren't selling and the, nobody was relocating unless they had to. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, so what are they doing? And that's when I started bringing commercial and investment into my book of business. And I completely morphed my business model into very client-based. So rather than having to like keep networking and keep getting to know more people, become super service the people um, that I already had established relations with really well. And then I sort of talk about, you know, creating people that became like raving lunatic fans. Like if you're not doing business with Jennifer, you're making a mistake. Absolutely. You know, they would literally say that to other people. Like yeah. you have to deal with her. And that came from just busting my butt for people and being a connector. And like, literally, I was a connector in so many ways, not just real estate, but in the community. So anytime anybody, they still do it. And that's not like at all what I do anymore. But, um, you know, I still get calls about everything in the community. And um, so I just became that person and then taught myself how to not just be someone who everybody knows, but top of mind when it comes to real estate. So you can't, you can network and be out there and be doing all these things if you're not planting the seed of being a professional real estate agent, really good at your job. Um, they're not going to think of you. So they're not going to think of you when they need to think of you. Yeah. So it didn't happen immediately. I, I had to like just change some things that I was doing and really, um, 
service certain people, you know, the people that I identified as connectors. Um, and then that's it. Then, you know, I had people that would be good for, you know, $5 million worth of business a year, you know, just one person. So, um, that's sort of where we went. I guess the, I always was more attracted to leadership. And then like with the business council, um, background, I, I also love business. Um, so I think the best year I ever had was about 30 million and maybe more because you don't keep tracking commercial as much like, like you do residential, you don't, yeah. do the, you know, it's a little it's, more it's, difficult. Yeah. You don't count it that way. Um, so, but that's probably about where it was. And, um, but then, um, I had actually was working on opening up a Keller Williams forever and they just kept like moving the carrot and I got really frustrated and actually Phil was coming possibly, uh, at that point and another top producing agent, we were going to, we were going to open up the Keller Williams office. I was going to be the operating partner and it just didn't happen. I got really frustrated and I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm just going to go back and open up my own company again. And Phil was like, well, why wouldn't you come with me? And I was like, why wouldn't I come with you? Makes sense. <laughs> and, you know, he had a lot of strengths that I didn't have. Um, like, yeah. you know, like we talked about technology. I, ca- I can be techie, but I don't enjoy it. He loves yeah. it. He's like the he wizard behind it. the yeah. curtain. And yeah. um, so I was able, you know, to then step into leadership within the company. Um, I grew- What year was that? It's like 10 years ago. No, it's maybe eight years ago now. So, um, God, what 2014. year is it? Yeah, it's around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I grew the Putnam office. So I kind of had this great little world because I had the Putnam office and I grew naturally. And my office was responsible for probably like 45, 40% of the income of the company. And we had the lowest price point. So it was yeah. pretty... You know, we, that's huge. Yeah. And you were doing more sales. I wasn't recruiting. It was like people that we just wanted to be in business. We had a great thing going here. And then the pandemic hit. And that's when I stepped into the COO role for two years because he needed it. You know, like the company needed somebody to just take that role on. So tell me from that perspective, because like you said, you've been in a leadership role now. You've kind of, you know, you've had times in your life where you've had to look at things and go, okay, you got to shift, right? So now we're in the very start of the pandemic. No one knows what the heck's going to go on. No one knows how long this is going to last. What were you thinking during that time? And how did you help the agents that were working with you to navigate through that? So so when things shut down completely, um, I had immediately gotten to work on for the um, business council, right? So, um, which is a complete volunteer position. I immediately morphed into like, you know, helping all kinds of people get on stock, go for PPP, doing this and doing that and, and kind of watching what was happening and nothing, not much was happening. So I knew like, I have this kind of personality, like when the shit hits the fan, you kind of want me on your team. So the shit had hit the fan and I, um, I didn't get into that CEO position immediately, but I started to become the one like, okay, we're going to do this Zoom and we're going to do this. And so like within a couple of weeks, I had like three Zooms going a week and Zoom happy hours and Zoom training and just all kinds of things. And then when I started like stepping out of my own little world, because my world was very isolated, we didn't use like J. Phillip branded systems and like all the same stuff. We kind of did our own thing. I realized, um, like 
there's a lot of things I wanted to do for the entire company. And so I stepped into that COO role and um, still building my own, you know, was still doing my own book of business up until about last year. And last year is when I really stopped listing and selling um, mostly. And um, so it's been, it's been an adventure, you know? And so I realized in this process that what I'm really truly passionate about is helping people um, to go wherever they want to go to help themselves actualize their own capabilities and their own dreams and to get unstuck and to um, be able to do anything and everything you want to do and have healthy relationships and just kind of have everything that you want in life. Um, So real estate's a part of that, but it's not everything. And that's why I ended up stepping down because I'm not an operations person, Phil Feranda, if you're listening. (laughs) I don't know how the heck that even happens because you're just not. Because so you're need- a leader. You're a leader. And he said, you know what? Who are the people going to listen to? And you're one of those people. I mean, I, I'd follow you. <laughs> well, thank <laughs> you. Know? you. Like, you just, detail, you have a presence. I'm not a detail-oriented person. So there was only so long I could yeah. stay in that Long term, it wasn't a good yeah. fit for no. you. Yeah. And then, so I redid, we redid everything in that time. We got onto Trainual, which is like a great uh, system for agents to access all of their training and all of their tools and all all the technology in one spot. We got onto EOS, which is um, Entrepreneurial Operating System. Um, you know, we 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 created department heads and you know copied everything Anthony Lamaki is doing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> imitate yeah, before you innovate, absolutely. right? He That's says what they it say. All the time. <laughs> exactly. He's like, go ahead. So you know, so I did. We did all that. You know, at, at, under my leadership. And, um, so like, I, I, I realized like I wasn't having fun anymore, so I needed to get out of that role. And, um, so, but it's left in a really good place, you know? So now we have this core team we're all rowing in the same direction and all understand that process. So I can go back to doing what I do best, which is grow the company through people and production. Let's take a quick break to hear from Greg Janian, a prominent real estate lawyer who represents buyers, sellers, and lenders, as he shares his latest tip. Hi, folks. The uh, first tip I'm going to talk about today is community. You know, when you're trying to build a business where you're the sole provider of the business, which all of you are in this industry, you know, you need to understand that getting out in your local community is extremely important. And I'm not just talking about rotaries and chambers of commerce and networking groups, but you know, find things you're interested in, follow up and be involved in them. You know, for some of us, it's playing golf and joining a country club. For others, it might be a book club or an artist community or, you know, friends, family. But the key is to be out, be out and about. You know, you can't go home every night, get on social media, post something and hope the business just comes in. You know, get out of the house a couple nights a week, meet new people, make sure they know what you do and the business will come from there. And, you know, each of those clients knows three other people who might know someone who, you know, I always said as an attorney getting into the business at a very young age and starting a practice, you know, I can be the best attorney in the world. If I have no clients, it doesn't matter. You know, and for me, you know, building a business early on meant being out and meeting people and and being confident in what I have to say to them, which will be one of my next tips coming up soon. But um, get out and about in, in charity events and charity auctions and, you know, golf tournaments. All of those things put you out in the community and get your name out there and follow up with an email, a thank you. Um, you know, it's the more the more people who know your name, the more potential clients you have. Everyone out there is a potential client in this industry. Thanks, Greg. 
Now let's get back to the show. So what's your focus now specifically? And are you selling again or are you going to hold off on that for a little bit? Or I'm, I'm not really selling again. I, I just got like such a lesson on it this weekend. I took like a residential listing from someone I don't really know. And like, let's just say it ended up with like cops at her house. It was so bad. Okay. Oh my. We're going to have to sidebar with that conversation. Yeah, no, she after. Just, she's, <laughs> she's just, she's just somebody that needed something that I couldn't give her. And it just, yeah, yeah, it yeah, just yeah. got crazy. And, and, but it wow. was so funny that the, it came to this extreme thing. Cause it was like, why are you doing that? That's not like where you're going. It's not what you want to be doing. You don't need that money so bad that you need to do that. Like yeah. you can refer it or give it to agents. I give away a ton of my business um, yeah. to somebody else in the company. So, but I think I just kind of like, we're still figuring it out. So it was a good, hard lesson. So no, I am not looking to get into listing and selling. Um, obviously, my friends and family, I will always be here for. My daughters are both... My yep. one daughter's license um, and, and and is in sales. My 18-year-old's working on getting her license. So That's you know, so awesome. How does that make you feel? I mean, yeah, great. You know, and they both work for us too. They both like work... That's awesome. Well, actually, Olivia, the older one, just gave her notice... So she's not going to be um, like a salary employee for the company anymore. She'll just be doing sales. Um, so that's yeah. exciting. Um, so, you know, so it can still handle any real estate needs anybody has, but it w- will not be me. And it'll be clear yep. from the get-go. I don't, I'm just, that's just not where I'm at. And so yeah. I'm working on, so like I said, like that's one thing. Like when I got into this business, you had to have a certain type of personality to succeed in, rest, in real estate. You had to just be like Anthony, right? And um, not everybody has that kind of personality. And then when the internet came in, it actually leveled the playing fields for sort of like yes. the Phil Ferranda, the more dorky, sit behind the computer and blog and do all that yep. kind of stuff. It, it yep. opened up that arena. And then with teams becoming such a popular thing, it opened mm-hmm. up the um, the doors for even more personality profiles that you can come in and make a lot of money being in a support role or being in a, you know, a more marketing based role on um, yeah. whatnot, because now you don't have to spend as much money on marketing. If you have a good marketing person who can make your social media presence amazing. Um, yes. So I forgot where I was going with that, but it's interesting. So yeah, so for me, the like the the lead sales role has never been something I loved, you know. So I loved more the the, the coaching um, and the recruitment yeah, side, the growth, yeah. like helping people grow. Yeah. I can build out business models, great. I can like brainstorm all day long and help you structure a team and do all these different things, and I really enjoy that. Um, but I don't enjoy being that lead agent, even though I'm, I'm pretty good at it, you know, and I know now, yeah, like in hindsight, I'm like, man, if I had built a team like a million years ago, I would die. But you've also been there and done that too. So I think yeah. you do get to a point where you're like, you know what? I don't want to be on the streets doing the actual sales. Yeah. I want to be able to coach and help. And that's really where your strengths are now anyways, because you can only help, help so many clients, but you yeah. can help even more agents and yeah. realtors to get to where they need to be. So yeah. and that I, makes total and sense I'm, to I'm me. I'm desensitized, like literally like, yeah. like 
Um, so you got the wrong picture on realtor.com. Why are you calling me? Like, I, call realtor.com. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's not my, like, okay, that's not, yeah, everybody out there, it's not how you handle a listing client. And that's yeah. basically where it went. <laughs> that what you were getting to. You're like, I'm done with this. So tell me, what is your, since you are so focused on helping and training other agents and things like that, what is your biggest piece of advice for an agent? Let's say they're, you know, a couple years into the business. So in the beginning, make sure you join a company that provides a coach, provides a mentor, um, provides like really good training, um, not just how to fill out a form and how to do those. Like I can tell you that like, I still suck at all of that. Like that's not my strength, Um, but building business um, is my strength. And so, you know, people that come into the company are lucky because they'll have someone like me that will help you learn how to grow and build a book of business. And then we have people that are going to teach you how to, you know, fill out a form and where to find it and do all of that. So, you know, not just companies that say they have training and they put you in a classroom and, 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 uh, you know, people who are going to be hands on and talking to you about your specific book of business and your specific set of circumstances. How do I grow? with this? How do I make this happen? Yeah. So, and then, and then as you grow your book of business, stop looking to your broker to be the be all end all for every single thing in the world. Now, Lamaki Realty has, is like exceptional with, for the amount of services that they're able to provide their agents. Um, but even then, I'm sure that you have agents that go to coaching outside of the company. Like you have Absolutely, to invest back into yourself yep. and into your business. I had an agent on the podcast a few months back, I would say maybe six months or so ago. Her name is uh, Rosie DeCipio. So she's one of our agents that are w- that's with Lamaki Realty. And like you said, she actually was on the team like way back when the team when it was a team model. And so she was here for that. She left for a little bit for and kind of, you know, wanted to see where if the grass was greener kind yeah. of thing. She ended up coming back. And so she has had like so many different things that she's been exposed to in the industry. And then she still was in the podcast. She was talking about the fact that she hired a life coach because she still felt like there was something that she couldn't get past when it came to like cold calling and like something that she knew she had to do, but she was still kind of getting stuck on it. So the only way she could get over that hump was to have this life coach that came in and not only trained her, but like really got into the nitty gritty of like why she was struggling with some of these things. And now her business has exploded. She went, made it to president's club for the first time, right? She's got one of the top people in her office, like she's just doing so incredibly. So sometimes you really, it, it might even just be outside of real estate that you have to find that help. It oh, could be 100%. that you find a trainer and you get in shape and now that helps you mentally. Like there's so many different things, like whatever it is about yourself that you feel you could improve, like take the actions necessary to make the improvement. Absolutely. And I've done a lot of that in the past year. I got back into coaching with John Chop like about a year ago. So doing all that I did in that COO role for eight months, like I can't even tell you the amount of work that I output. I did like six people's jobs all day, 80 hour, 80 hour weeks, complete insanity. I can imagine. <laughs> and um, it was really getting, getting in coaching with John. He didn't give me the specifics, but he gave me the example of commitment, personal when you make that car and, and I was in a situation, I got married a little over a year ago and my husband had a mini stroke the, like the week before Congrats. I got married. Oh, oh my and, God. And so that was mid in the pandemic. Both my daughters were struggling. Wow. Um, you know, I had a granddaughter I couldn't see. It was tough. And like, I could have went in either direction. So thank God Absolutely. I had the company, I had all these things, but 
Yeah. I then had realized like you can't just save people to like feel better and make everything better. Like you have to focus on yourself. And this past year, um, I stopped drinking Now I didn't have like life related issues to alcohol. I just saw it as, as a crutch and something that was kind of in my way. And I lost 30 something pounds and like just really committed to like deep, intense personal working out and back into my roots of meditation, journaling, like first, you know, it all has to happen first. And like, I'm like a totally different person and I've been able to like come through like it really was the most difficult year of my life but yet I was the most productive the most in in like the best space that I've ever been by yeah. by committing to personal growth like true how's, personal how's growth. he doing now is he better he Everything is better? getting better he is you Good. know it's tough because he, he he done he got really sick and then and then he had something else and he lost 28 pounds and then he got COVID and he's 15 oh. years older than me and, um, it, it threw him, it threw him, like it was bad. You know, there was a nurse yeah. basically for, for six, yeah. six months. And then also had to run his law office and like take care of a lot of different <sighs> things. It was, it was intense. And I was just, and like, even now, like I'm, I'm just there. I've started at 4:45 this morning. I will be here in the office doing live seller calling at 5 PM. I won't get home done until seven and I feel great, you know? Yeah just plugged in and, and, and taking care of my personal energy. And so what is, what does your day look like then now that you have this kind of renewed sense of focusing on you as well? Cause I think a lot of people struggle with that. They're like, well, I, you know, I've got kids and I've got a husband and I've got all these things, but like, yeah. how do I make the time? Like, what does yeah. your day look like? How do you kind of carp, you know? Well, like I kind of try to look your at day. the things that were taking up my time. And, and it's not that I was sitting around drinking, but it became like this, Oh, let's have a cocktail. Then the day is over. Like you unofficially make that the end of your day. And it did become a crutch, even though I like, I don't even think I got drunk through the pandemic. Maybe, yeah. maybe once, but it still became yeah. like, I need that like one drink or whatever. Right. Um, and then it just sort of ended the day, which I thought I convinced myself I need it because you're doing so much. Um, but I didn't need it. Turns out like I, now I can't even find enough hours in a day because there's so many projects and things that I want to do do. and get motivated. Oh, it's just like, I am so on fire. I drive everybody crazy around me. (laughs) So I, I get up and I do try to simplify it. Like there's something called the great eight. Like, you know, you do 10 minutes of reading, 10 minutes of meditation, 10 minutes of exercising and 10 minutes of that. So I try to like, make that more it's like an hour and a half routine of um meditation exercise journaling affirmations and reading but i will cheat like i will use preparation for whatever meetings i have as part of that reading because i don't know anybody who prepares for their meetings so now that's a cheat but yet it's helping me to be better right be more prepared for your day yeah yeah because a lot of times it's research or whatever so um so trying to make sure i do that but simplify it down to like a minimum of 10 but like on the weekends try to make it a lot more intense um and um that journaling and the affirmations are super super important um 
and gratitude too. I also write down 10 things every day and not just gratitude. I'm sorry, because it's not just, I'm grateful for my kids. I'm grateful for my house. You know, the things that I did well celebrating, like I did this really well today. Absolutely. And then I'll write down too, like, but I didn't do this so well. I could have showed up better. I even write down, am I hydrated? Am I rested? I've started um, a digital sunset. So my phone is nowhere near me when it's time for bedtime. And I will allow now like my iPad, but I have everything off my iPad that like I can get lost in a black hole, like emails, Facebook. I don't look at my emails until I'm done with all my stuff in the morning. I don't get to look at any of it. Um, So on my iPad, I do have like certain, like my couple of coaches. I coach also with Robin Sharma and Brian Johnson. I have four coaches. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) I could just go on. That's what you have to do. I yes. just took three weeks off and went away by myself. Where'd you go? I have a place in the Dominican Republic. And I don't think I've ever been alone in my entire life, Lindsay. Like after I was there, like for more than a day if, when I thought about it, right? Because I was 27 when I had my first daughter and I was yeah. a social lunatic before then. And yeah. in the restaurant <laughs> business, if I, we weren't working, we were partying. And um, exactly. so three weeks, that's like the first time in my life without any alcohol. Like, like what do you do, right? <laughs> Because usually I'm in the DR, like, where's the rum? Where's the, you know, like dancing. You must have been so relaxed. It was the most, it it was hard coming back. And so I can tell, like, I have to learn, like, you know, I, you know, I, it's hard to come back and and adjust to everybody, but it was amazing. It was on beachfront, walking the beach. So cool. Um, I did work every day until one and then would, do the reverse. I would get up early work and then the rest of the day was just for me. But it was amazing. And it was just deep work and deep exploration and getting into that creativity. And that's where I'm sort of morphing uh, into the the ancillary services. So I'm, um, I started a virtual assistant company in the Dominican Republic. Nice. And I don't, I decided when I was there, I don't want to own a big virtual assistant company. So I'm creating a company that is a hybrid of coaching with implementation. Because what happens with agents is they, they go to coaching and they're like, yeah, sounds great. And then they don't know how to break it down and like do so. So they get a virtual assistant immediately as coupled as part of their package. And so they're getting both. So that's what I'm working on now. And that got to spend time and just like, you know, so I'm doing this huge event uh, that Anthony is coming to speak at. And that it's it's obviously also, you know, um, a big training event, but it's also like a platform to sort of gauge where agents are at and what kind of support they need and so on and so forth. So I'm super excited. That's going to be awesome. I'm going to actually link in all the show notes. I'll put the link for it so that if you haven't registered, you should definitely register and check it out. Definitely register. It's so awesome. You know, you talked about gratitude and I just want to say that I'm so grateful for you taking the time today. I know how busy you are. Sorry, I talk so much. I get excited. (laughs) No, my God, you don't have to apologize. That's why I wanted you on here. I'm like, she'll talk, she'll open up, she'll be an open book. So, and I'm excited that I got to spend this time with you because, you know, we've seen each other and been around each other a bunch but I've never had this time, this one-on-one time with you. So yeah, I really you did appreciate a great job it. At your event. It was oh, awesome. 
Thank you. Yeah, we have, you know, we're now doing those every, you know, twice a year now. So it's super fun. Just more opportunities to speak, which I know Anthony doesn't shy away from a speaking engagement and neither do I. I love it. No, both of you were amazing. So fun. Yeah. My goal is to do this now in the DR in, in, in September, probably. So, well, if you need someone to come to the DR with you, girl, then, you know, you just let me know. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you again so much. We're going to put all the information for Jen in the show notes. You can definitely go and click there and find out more about her and what she's got going on. And again, I appreciate you so much for jumping on today. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for listening to the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast. We hope you learned some valuable takeaways. Be sure to take action and grow your business. You can check out the episode notes and more content from the show at crushitandre.com slash podcast. And if you like this episode and want to hear more stories, please share with others. Post on social media or leave a rating or review. To catch the latest from Anthony, follow him on Instagram at Crush It In Real Estate on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks again and we'll see you next time.